Hello and welcome to a new podcast for the week. Um, I know this is going to sound like a different voice, not as manly. Um, So super excited to be with you. This is Captain Stephanie of the Salvation Army here in Hot Springs. Um, I am actually going to be bringing you the message today. So I'd like to just let you know that our scripture is going to be Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20. And as we are venturing in on this second week of Advent, we actually started our Advent season um, the week after Thanksgiving, just so we could start talking about what our theme is, which is, um, as you heard from Captain Bradley last week, that it's on the Grinch and what is Grinchmas. And uh, so this time we are going to be talking about um, how to have a Cindy Lou Who perspective in our lives. So I want you to start by thinking about a decision that you have made in your life that completely changed your future. Uh, something that you, uh, you maybe you've came to a crossroads, maybe there was something, an event, maybe it was joyful, maybe it wasn't, but something that happened in your life that completely changed the course of your future. Uh, for, for me, an example for that was when I married my best friend, uh, Bradley. We definitely would be moving a lot. I would consult him with major decisions, and uh, we would have two beautiful girls that we do now. Super exciting. I love it. The best decision uh, besides coming to know Christ and knowing him as my Savior, that was um, the best decision I've ever made that changed the course of my life. But another one was definitely marrying Bradley, one of the best decisions. Uh, So now I want you to think, maybe you've thought about that decision that would change your life. Uh, Think about what it would be like if you would never have made that decision. What if I had never come to know Christ? That's a very scary decision uh, that would have been made, something that really scares me to think about, so I try not to think about that very often. Uh, But also, if I had never married my best friend or my then boyfriend, if he would never had asked me to marry him, I wonder what my life would be like today. Well, I probably would have made some very terrible decisions on my own. I would definitely not have had my two beautiful girls and definitely would not have married my best friend. So very excited that that was not the case. Um, But as you can see, sometimes in our life, uh, the decisions that we make, there are um, consequences, whether it's positive consequences or whether it's negative, there is a consequence to every action that is taken. Uh, So definitely my life would have looked completely different. Well, the story of Christ's birth is phenomenal because this moment that Luke recorded would forever affect the world and every single person who would ever live in it. So I want to share with you something. Um, that when we first had Emery, which is our four-year-old, when we first had her, we we started reading her uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Now, she was not very old enough to comprehend, but she did like the pictures, and we thought it was very important to start uh, reading the Bible to her at an early age. And even now, she loves books. She loves to even read the same book. And uh, there's a part in this story, in this storybook Bible, uh, that is just... it. 
it's beautiful. And so I want to read to you a page um, out of what it says. And it's the, the story, Jesus Storybook Bible. And it says, every story whispers his name. It's a beautiful, beautifully written by Sally Lloyd-Jones. It's a, it's a great, great storybook Bible. So if you ever get the chance to pick it up, uh, I would definitely recommend it. So this is what it says. It says, no, the Bible isn't a book of roles or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. See, this is the reason why I like it. It's like a love story. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all of the stories are telling one big story. The story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story, and at the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He is like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly, you can see a beautiful picture. And this is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. Beautiful. And that's just one page. So it ends there on this uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. It ends right there on that, on just one page, and that's beautifully written. Uh, so as we talk about the birth of Jesus, uh, this birth is a story that introduces the Father's plan for the salvation of all humankind, for you, for me, um, every single person in this world, whether we believe that they deserve it or not, that's not for us to come to the conclusion of, but the Lord knows that every single person in this world, he came born as a baby to die for. So we're going to jump right into our scripture. We're going to start by reading Luke chapter two, verses one through seven, and this is what it says. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Crenarius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Excuse me. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, you and I possibly may not be able to remember the days without electricity. But back in the day, there were people who were stunned by the invention of electricity and thought of it to be intimidating, scary, and there were even those that considered it unnecessary. Could you imagine? They must have really liked their lamps uh, and their fires. (laughs) Oil lamps, that is. Uh, Which is hard to believe. But I'm sure that it was wonderful. But I guess if you wouldn't have experienced electricity, I could see how it would be unnecessary. Anyway, in the Business Insider in 2016, there was an article that said, when the news got out that Edison was developing the first practical electric light bulb, not everyone was impressed. A British Parliament committee noted in 1878 that Edison's light bulb was good enough for our transatlantic friends, but unworthy of the attention of practical or scientific men. Now, here's a question for you. Do you think 
at this moment that you could go the next 24 hours without electricity. It is very difficult to imagine our life without it. Actually, there was one night uh, just recently where we came home and there was no electricity. And as you know, the nights are getting shorter or the days are getting shorter, sorry. And it was uh, very difficult, especially when you have two young girls who need, uh, need to feel safe and secure and also need to take a bath and eat dinner. So we did have our fire going, but let me tell you, that was not bright enough to help us out. So four hours later when the electricity came on, I was definitely praising the Lord for that. So it is difficult to imagine what our life would be like uh, without it. And in a similar way to the light bulb and how it changed the world, the birth of Jesus completely changed the course of every single person in this entire world, whether they knew it or not. Let's read Luke chapter 2, 8 through 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of, hev of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So here we have all these things that have taken place and people who are excited going to see them, going to see this baby who has been born and lying in a manger. So those that have accepted Christ as Savior, they're able to benefit from Jesus' life instead of just remaining in the dark. Can you think of a time recently where you might have been stuck in the dark? Now, I'm not talking about without electricity, but a time in your life where things just weren't going well and you just you took two steps forward, 30 steps back. Has your world been clouded with challenges or problems? Now, if you've seen the movie The Grinch, then you know all about how moody The Grinch is. He hates Christmas and everything to do with it, so much so that he steals the Who's Christmas down in Whoville. Now, in Jim Carrey's film of The Grinch, which is my husband's favorite, there is a part in the movie where uh, in the town of Whoville, they want to nominate someone who exemplifies what Christmas is. Now, Cindy Lou Who, she's a little girl, she decides to nominate the Grinch. She had first heard about him, and nobody really seemed to like him, but Cindy Lou was curious, and so she decided, I'm going to nominate. So when everyone else made fun of, criticized, and didn't care about the Grinch, Cindy Lou did. She had a different perspective on the Grinch. She didn't see him for who he was, but she saw him for what he could be. Now, what is your perspective on Christmas? Do you allow challenges you face to cloud your outlook on what the truth is? Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The Lord's favor rests on you this very day. Whether it is that you claim to know him, whether you don't, if you, I challenge you, 
tomorrow, today, whatever time you're listening to this, take time to look for God. I guarantee you that you will see him if you truly look. Sometimes we're so bogged down with getting prepared for Christmas and we have to buy all these gifts and we have to make sure this is done or um, all these different to-do lists that we make for ourselves every day. But do we stop in the midst of all that's going on to look for Christ? Are you taking that moment? Sometimes it's very hard for us to take a moment to sit and to be, to be still, to focus on the Lord. And I'm sure some of you may have thought of that scripture verse, be still and know that I am God. Are you taking that time? Are you casting your cares, your anxieties, all the struggles, your day-to-day things? Are you seeking that out to the Lord, giving it to him and moving on? So there were a lot of things that had to happen in order for you and I to have the privilege to live life with the greatest gift that has ever been given. So a mandatory Roman census was taken and taxes were to be paid. So as you may know, Joseph, he had complied and he and his fiance Mary, who, as you know, was about to give birth, they traveled about 90 miles. Now in a car that, you know, give or take an hour and a half, But they were on a mule, and she was about to give birth, like, as soon as they were fixing to arrive in Bethlehem. So, that would, she is a very brave woman. But they did it. So, in order to comply with the Romans, they both packed up and sought on their travel. So, when Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem, they were only able to find a stable for the Messiah King to be born. Now, I want to share with you something very, very cool about um, a stable. So, the manger is the basis for the traditional belief that Jesus was born in a stable. So, stables were often caves with feeding troughs, or a manger in our case, uh, carved into rock walls. So, despite, you know, what you see on the Christmas card, or the lawn figurines that are beautifully displayed or lit up. Uh, The surroundings were dark and dirty. So I can only imagine Joseph and Mary coming across this stable or coming into this sort of cave with it being dark and dirty and perhaps it was cold. Man, I couldn't even imagine. And yet their focus wasn't on, okay, there's no room at the end. This place is dirty and filthy. No, that was not what they were thinking. Now, of course, no one expected that the Messiah would be born in such an environment, but rather in royal surroundings. Now, I love the fact that Jesus was born in a stable because I think this helps us to relate to the Lord for he's at work wherever he is needed in our sin-darkened and dirty world. Um, So, If he, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, that if he had been born in a palace with all these richly uh, priestly garments and all these things, that it would be hard to relate to him. Um, Now, I'm sure that we we can relate to the Lord wherever we are in our lives. He has experienced it all. He knows our our deepest darkest secrets he knows our heart he knows everything that there is um about us and yet he came born in a manger when he could have he could have been born elsewhere but that's not the purpose that was not it he was born in a manger 
where with dirty surroundings and not the best sort of clothes that he had, but you know, I think it it definitely does allow us to be thankful for uh, for him coming into this world so humbly um, in our sin darkened and dirty world to save someone like you and I. Mm, just let that sink in for a moment. John chapter 16, verse 33 uh, is a beautiful verse that I have come to really remind myself of often. And it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. There's an exclamation point after that. Take heart. I have overcome the world. What circumstances in your life have your perspective on Christmas like that of the Grinch? What is your perspective? Is it like that of the Grinch? Is it that of Cindy Lou Who? Do you take the time to not perhaps act like a Grinch? Or are you taking time to be like Cindy Cindy Lou Who and really thanking God for what you have and giving people second chances and so on and so forth? You're going to face hardships in many different forms. First uh, Peter, um, that was one of the, the first books I remember reading way back when. Um, and I remember reading of how Peter, um, who had been in chains, and he was just having all these different sufferings over and over again. And yet he, th- he thanked the Lord because he knew that through that he was going to have perseverance and he was going to be able to move on. And he was fighting this battle for the Lord. And yet the Lord, you know, it's, it's just so amazing because there's not one circumstance in our lives that the Lord can't handle, that he can't bring us through. I remember Beth Moore, um, one study I did of hers a few years ago, there were three different types of suffering. One suffering is you pray and the Lord delivers you through it. The second type of suffering is uh, you pray and you pray. And you pray and you may not get delivered of it very quickly, but the Lord picks you up and will literally carry you through. So he's going right through the challenge with you. So you can continue to face each and every day with him because he's going with you through the whole thing. And then there's another, the third type of suffering is that he delivers you from that problem straight into his arms. What a beautiful display. Um, so when you think of the challenges that you face, um, the different perspectives that you have, are you looking at your challenges with a Grinch-like attitude, um, or a bah humbug kind of thing, if you will, if that is a better analogy for you? Um, or do you, in the midst of circumstances, do you still have joy? Now you can be happy all you want. Um, but even in the midst of suffering, happiness goes out the window, but the joy can still remain for the Lord is there with you. And he's already conquered all. There's nothing too dirty for him that he cannot, um, release from you and redeem. So thankfully many, many years ago, the father sent his son, Jesus to rescue you and I so that we could have salvation, redemption, and peace in this whole unholy world. So that means that you and I can face each day with hope, knowing 
that he has already taken care of tomorrow. So bring it to him today. Discover peace on this Advent Sunday that passes all understanding and gain a perspective of a childlike faith like Cindy Lou Who in a world full of Grinches. Um, as we end as we end our time uh, today, before I read the last uh, scripture, part of scripture to close up our time, there is a chorus that I used to sing when I was a little girl. I'd sing it every night before I go to bed. So as a little girl, I didn't have a lot of challenges. I, it might have been, you know, maybe somebody at school wasn't being very nice to me or, you know, things like that. Um, but even in, in those things, sometimes, even as a teenager, it may seem like a small thing, but as a teenager, it's huge. Like, it is a big deal. And uh, this chorus is one that I have sang for so many years, and it's beautiful. And it says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. So because he lives, no matter what it is that you're dealing with at this very moment, the Lord can come in and restore. There is nothing too dirty for him. There is nothing too shameful. There's nothing um, that the Lord cannot redeem. Absolutely nothing. So whatever it is that you think, oh, you know, I'm just too, I'm too far gone. Trust me, you are not at all. So I want to share with you um, the last four verses of our scripture, Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. And this is what it says. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So this day, as you go throughout your day, as you look for another tomorrow, I hope that it is it is my prayer and my hope that you will have peace in your heart as we are focusing on peace on this uh, this week of Advent. It is my prayer that you do have peace, that you are able um, to take all of the things that you have heard, hearing about this story of a baby who was born in a manger with dirty surroundings, that your perspective on Christmas, on life, on your life circumstances as of right now, that they would be changed, that you wouldn't look to those circumstances with a Grinch-like attitude, but that you would look at it as a, as Cindy Lou Who, um, that in a world full of Grinches, that you can be a Cindy Lou Who. So in a, full, in a world full of doubters, that you can be just like Jesus. For each and every day, we are striving to be more and more like Him. So just as the scripture had said, go, glorify, praise God for all the things that you've heard and all the things that you've seen. And I promise you, if you look for the Lord, if you look for him in your everyday life, I promise you, you will find him. So know this day that because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because you know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives.